Thank you so much to Adam and Eve for sponsoring this episode. You know, Hunter, with everything as expensive as it is these days, it is really good to know you can still get a good deal at Adam and Eve. Yeah, and our listeners will get an additional 50% off and free shipping. Yeah, so that's 50% off a new toy, lube, sexy outfit, really anything else you could possibly want. Just use our code BRBPOD at checkout and you'll get 50% off. But that's not all you're going to get. You're also going to get three sexy items and six movies for free. Plus free shipping? Yeah, dude. Doesn't matter what you choose. It will all be packaged and sent discreetly for free. So not only are you saving money on movies, date nights, Mm -hmm. dinners, you're also getting a little surprise. Exactly. So go to adamandeve.com, select any one item. And then use our code BRBPOD. That's B-R-B-P-O-D. And this uh, this offer is exclusive to our podcast. So make sure you support us and use this code BRBPOD at checkout for 50% off, but 100% free shipping. That's code BRBPOD. So go to adamandeve.com right, right now. now. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Break Room Banter. It's a hairstylist-adjacent podcast where each week, two friends who happen to be hairstylists break down our weeks in the break room. I'm your host, Hunter Walden, and if you are a returning audience, you realize that this intro is a little different today, and that is because our lovely co-host, Miss Erica, is uh, back from vacation and we just want to make sure that everybody returns back to work safe and happy and healthy. And so she is doing a little uh, self-mandated quarantine over there. So, <laughs> And uh, today we are joined by an extremely special guest. She is a viral sensation, a multi-award winning hairstylist who is internationally published. You can find her in our industry's top publications or in Las Vegas, Nevada. And when we think of leading with love, she's on the top of our list. Everyone join us in welcoming to the break room, Cheetah Bissell. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Well, I'm so excited to have you here on the podcast today. And the first thing that I wanted to um, kind of talk about is the what I learned about you when I was actually in Vegas is that hair wasn't your first career. So, uh, what was your first career? Oh, you've been dying to talk to me about this. I can tell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I have. I, I, I know. And I know it's when you're stuck on, but I actually um, went in to do, like, business accounting in car dealerships. Um, so, I did that for about seven to eight years. Okay. Um, so, I know how to purchase a car and um know who's going to make what money and if they're trying to pull something over on me you know so um, i'm going to call you next time yeah (laughs) right i tell people they don't listen to me i'm like i can help you negotiate purchasing a car from a dealership like so easy so they don't (laughs) screw you and take all your money you know um but when I did that, I actually would look at um, the credit applications, and I would see 
what people did for a living. And I used that information for my children, actually, because I was like, we get caught up in like working these jobs and sending our kids to college. But really, what do they bring home? What do they make? So I, I learned a lot of things doing that. But that was what I took from it. Like, okay, don't waste your time doing that for a living because they only make this much a year, you know? That's awesome. Um, <laughs> that's funny. So after um, when I did that, I relocated to Las Vegas in the meantime. And I was working at some dealerships here. And a friend of mine, her husband was telling me that the prisons were on hiring and they really needed women. And I was like, well, they would never hire me. But he was like, no, they would. And so I really wanted to go back to um, finish hair school, which I had started when I was 19 and quit. I really wanted to do that. But my daughters were about nine and 10 at the time. And I didn't want to be working full time doing beauty school part time and missing out on them at those really, you know, important, um, in person, um, impressionable years. Mm -hmm. So, um, I could go to school, back to school, just do it, find a way or go work at the prison and be a guard because they're hiring. And, you know, I don't, I think I've watched too many, like, you know, um, crime um, unsolved mysteries just all this <laughs> crime stuff that I was like I want to do this you know um, so I flipped the coin and the coin flipped you know to yeah just go try it out and I ended up getting hired and made it all the way through the academy and like one day I'm just wearing a green jumpsuit with cotton and I'm in a prison and people think I have like ninja skills but <laughs> I was a guard, so yeah. That is crazy. Well, that goes back to what we said about you in the intro, how you have such a servant's heart and you lead with love as you put your children before yourself for many years. Yeah. Yeah. That's so... I'm like, oh. Moms. (laughs) Y'all are so great. You know, when I was working in the prison is actually where I got... I just kept realizing I keep finding inspiration everywhere to really tell me to just be happy in life. Mm -hmm. And I realized I was such a hard worker. Um, I would work double shifts, you know, I made a lot of money there and yeah, it's like, you know, a government job and everyone thinks, oh, retirement. Um, But I realized that I was actually doing time with these people, you know, just, Mm -hmm. I was getting paid a little bit more for it than yeah. the inmates yeah. and I was like no this isn't the life for me um I found myself watching the inmates grooming each other like doing their hair um mm. I worked with women at certain times and with men and they both like taught themselves some skills that I was just like you know if you it just goes to prove that if you put in the effort and the time mm-hmm. to work at your Oh, you can do anything. We're capable of so much. And I was like, I know that I could leave this job and in a year be working and making the same amount of money that I did being a prison guard, probably more because there's no yeah. limit. And I would be yeah. working myself. And I, That's at right. that time, my girls were about, I want to say 15, 16 when I did that. 
and I was able to do their hair for their prom and um, yeah, their graduation pictures. And Aww. So your kids really inspired you for everything in your life. Yeah, because you know you you're raising children and you um, you want them to be happy, but you have to lead by example. Mm. And um, yeah. That's awesome. So uh, the topic today that we want to focus the most on is uh, social media because you, it's something that you've really tackled and like harnessed through your career. So my question is, when you started your hair journey, was it your intention to tackle social media the way that you did? Or were you just like, this is fun. I'm going to post some pictures. No. Um, yeah, I didn't even... Re- so here's the thing. I was a prison guard, so I was very, like, poker face. I had to be – that was a total other type of personality, maybe, that I had to take on to be safe, you know, and mm-hmm. not let those people know much about you because you're dealing with, you know, murders and things wrong yeah. all, you know. And so I had to keep that poker face, and then I had to – let go of all of that when I started to do hair which had to open up and let people know about me and to this day I'm still I'm still very careful and so I was very reluctant to go on social media because I in my mind I was like someone that just you know finished their 25 year sentence or eight year sentence with they like come find me because I watched so much true crime you know oh my gosh <laughs> like they'll but, remember I was that yeah. makes sense though. I feel like I would probably have those thoughts too, you know? Yes, when like a strange man walks in the salon and requests you, you're like, He's there. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I had to really work on that and let go of that. And um so a friend I just remember a friend helped me um get on you guys are gonna laugh, but my one of my best friends helped me get on Facebook first, okay? Okay. Like, I want to say, like, in 2000, I don't even know when, maybe 10, <laughs> maybe 10, okay? And okay. I was so scared. I had all these, you know, settings set so nobody could find me. Yeah. And, um, that kind of eased me into it, but I was totally like that mom that doesn't know how to use, you know, electronics and all that stuff. I was like, somebody help me. How do I... How do I do this? How do I do that? You know? Uh-huh. So Facebook was really just like family and friends, very, very private. And then when I started um, doing bridal hair and event hair, when I started um, assisting at the first salon I was at in 2011, um, that's when I made an Instagram. And it already had, I had some pictures of my cat. And I had some pictures of cute things, nature, mm-hmm. and um, then I started posting about hair. And I just kind of did it, and I realized that um, the response that I got from other people in the salon, they, like, you know, seasoned stylists were like, oh, wow, you do that? So they started, you know, bringing people to me, referring people mm-hmm. to me. And um, then I just started posting more, and honestly, just talking with my clients, um, some of them who were younger would tell me, you know, I remember I got really good advice from one girl who said, your page looks like hair is your hobby. <gasps> and I was 
so offended. (laughs) I didn't understand that, like, people will, at the time, that people will actually be really invested and interested in seeing what it is that you do, you know? I didn't Mm -hmm. think people would want to just see hair. And um, when she told me that, then I started to study Instagram a little bit more. And um, I was just kind of, like, having fun with an app, honestly. Mm -hmm. And then I started getting... I think I just started learning the thing, but you know, the whole niche to it, like the hashtagging, tagging, um, you know, companies. And then I just start reposted and it just kind of all spiraled out of there. But I knew that it was bringing me clients and that was kind of like just one of the straws I was pulling that just trying to build a clientele. So at least it was a portfolio um, of what I could do. Mm-hmm. I will say your uh your collection of animals is what drew you to <laughs> drew me to you <laughs> when I met you whenever I uh they said something uh, weeks before we went to national training they said Cheetah Bisso is going to be here and so I looked you up and I scrolled through your Instagrams and I was like oh my god she has a tortoise oh my god she has a bird oh my god she has a hairless cat I love this woman already <laughs> That does not surprise me. <laughs> well, we have eight animals at our house. Yeah. So I'm right there with you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Walden, Walden uh, Zoo. <laughs> Chita, you really just started social media like as like having something that you were having fun with. But once you got the hang of it, it sounds like it really did kind of spiral and take off for you so what would you say that social media has done for your career like besides you know you said building a clientele um it's introduced me to so many people across the world and Mm -hmm. um, given me so many opportunities where people have reached out um, to me just because I posted a photo Put a hash. Yeah. It's incredible. Like, mm-hmm. and I like to. I remember the first time a thirteen. I'm gonna tell you this. It was a thirteen year old girl from Canada who told me that I messaged me one night and was like, "I love your work and you inspired me and I want to do hair like you when I grow up." And oh. that that I was like, that made me realize the reach that we have. Yeah. Like, I remember myself when I was 13, you know, like uh-huh. just to be able to reach out. Like I didn't know of anybody or I couldn't even really dream that big because I didn't know yeah. what was there. And so just, just don't know who's out there. And the fact that we have these platforms to do that and share things is really, really cool. Um, I've had, um, of course, I've had brands reach out to me that I've worked with, and they have flown me out to do, like, photo shoots for their product launches. Um, and I also had a TV show reach out to mm-hmm. me to do, um, it was a reality hair competition, and it was on live. Oh, cool. It was just from being just on social media, huh? So I didn't expect my career to take me this way I seriously uh-huh. was just like I want to be able to make my own schedule 
I want to be in a happy environment and yeah. and I just want to have time to do uh-huh. the, the good things in life and live my life. And I mm-hmm. did know that there was all of this possible. Uh-huh. That's beautiful. Wow. So that's so cool. The the TV show, let's talk about that for a second. So I remember when this aired. <laughs> it was probably one of like the first of its kind with, you know, hairstylists going on national television. And it uh-huh. it's so awesome that you got to be a part of that. So what has the TV show brought to your career that you otherwise feel like maybe you wouldn't have gotten an opportunity for? Um, I mean, I feel like I was already okay talking to people. Um, I feel like working in the prison really, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> to like get over nerves and talking in front yeah. of people. Um, but that was just being like not aggressive, but being assertive, you know. Mm-hmm. So, so when you're doing hair and you're talking in front of big crowds or telling or you know doing education you um you have to be more aware of things and uh you can't be assertive like you would be in a prison you know Uh (laughs) so um I think that that really helped me be on tv to be filmed Mm -hmm. so my nerves didn't get the best of me during all of these competitions um like it did a lot of other people you know on the show um we actually made it to the the season finale. We were mm-hmm. the the last three um, that were on the season finale. We didn't win, but I made great relationships with other artists on the show, like makeup artists and hairstylists. Um, I made relationships with the brands that sponsored the show, um, photographers. Um, I got insight to like photo shoots, you know, behind the scenes, even because what we did was we went there for, it was reality TV, which is like, um, it is aired over like, let's say 11 weeks, but you're really there for two weeks, day in and day out. And that's why, that's why these people get to that point where they lose it because getting up at 6am and in your heart's beating and at noon they tell you who got kicked off and then you have your next challenge and so yeah like that you know and I really really liked it I felt like I pushed myself to like see Mm -hmm. what I do you know like it's kind of like you know doing New York Fashion Week I guess for two weeks straight you know Mm -hmm. um wow so I that's I felt like really good about that it introduced me to like like wig styling like there was just so many things that were thrown out there to me during that yeah. that just gave me more interest and love for like this career um is that something have... that you had experience with before going there or like when you went to the show were you prepared to make a wig style the wig uh and also doing hair for photography for tv for television oh yeah yeah, so I always just tend to ask. I ask. I, I'm not one. Mm-hmm. I'm asking all the questions, and I might be the one that everyone's like, "Please, we want to go home. Stop asking those questions." But I'm <laughs> that person. I'm like, wait, but I, I gotta like 
spinning around. So I asked a lot of questions. I will say my photography little like key things that I would do just on my phone that I had learned from doing mm-hmm. social media really helped me. I did ask a makeup artist because I knew I was going to have to do my own makeup every day for the show. Um, yeah. Asked her, please tell me what to do so I don't look crazy on TV. <laughs> and the best advice we gave that's when highlighter was like the thing and people were highlighting their face. Yeah. And she told me, do not wear highlighter. And you know what? She was right. Because every girl on that show, they looked, they were badass makeup artists. They looked amazing in person. But I did notice that mm-hmm. the way it made them look after filming, that that wasn't how they looked. And so I was yeah. really happy with my Skin. Yes. <laughs> I love it. I was really happy. So yeah, I just I ask people like little pointers and stuff like that. I've taken a lot of education as far as like event hair and styling. So and I'm really comfortable with all like textures of hair. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as like any of the styling, because that's what it was. It wasn't hair color. It was all styling. But I mean, making these looks. Um, that was kind of my thing, so I'm super excited about it. Oh yeah, wow. that is awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, so do you feel like you have a formula for your social media and the way that you post, or have you had certain strategy strategies like at a certain point, or um, did you just kind of start doing what works for you and then try not um, to miss? You just what you do. You start doing what works for you and you kind of, I just reevaluate it all the time, honestly, because it mm-hmm. changes. Yeah. Um, sometimes I look, I mean, I just listen to what other people are doing. I research things. I look at what's working for me. Um, mm-hmm. Most importantly, what I have figured out in the past probably two to three years I'd say three years is that it needs I need to be okay with it Mm -hmm. I need what I'm posting if it makes me happy if it feeds my soul then that's okay yeah and sometimes I add a little bit of what you know what's trending and what of course I do that um but I still make it my own um but I don't really think that there is a formula I think you really do need to be you um, but there's always yeah. things, as long as you don't have to pay for it, there's always um, lots of stuff out there now, which I am just, mm-hmm. like, amazed with, like, how little people know about it and then how much they know about it. But I really yeah. like it from um, a perspective of, like, I really like to meet people and talk to people who do social media that are not hairstylists. That like, are not hairstylists? Not hairstylist yeah. like my and someone who is you know doing another like forte another specialty and and I see how successful they are and I'm like that yeah. that's where the sauce is right there because you know it isn't just hair it's mm-hmm. all the things but what is it that they're doing and that's kind of where I learn. Mm-hmm. Huh. So uh, do you have like a a publicist or a business manager that? 
puts your name out in publications. Like we mentioned, you've been internationally published, not just nationally yeah. published. So is that purely just from your social media presence or do you have someone that is um, advocating for you in that way? So like a media manager or something like that? Yeah. Kind of. Um, I have in the, and I have, um, but I know what the way you're saying it, I feel like um, it doesn't happen just like that, what you're saying. <laughs> that makes sense. Okay. Um, I know. I'm sorry. Let me let me break it down. So yeah. I've had different media managers who have like known about a hair show or an event, and other people network with them, and they're like, "Hey, they reached out to me and told me about this opportunity," and been like the middle person. I've had that. Um, I had like with brands reach out to me and tell me hey um we're gonna do this send this to this magazine and then I've had the actual you know like the digital platforms reach out to me and ask me to make stuff for them but it really those things happen but it really is um the more content you have the more there is for these place people and places to pull from whether and sometimes they just ask to reuse it which i know mm-hmm. a lot of people kind of are having a problem with that um i i've seen that but to be honest me personally i put it out there and i know that it comes back you know what i mean and it's given right. me lots of opportunities so i put it out there and i'm proud of what i'm doing and if another usually like you know Modern Salon, Beauty Launchpad, um, any of the publications um, it's been in um, that I've been in, they have asked me or someone has sent in the article. But okay. it was it, a lot of it happened just organically um, from them reposting, and especially when Instagram was very new. I want to say like in 2016, mm-hmm. 2016. That's when a lot of it happened. And it's something going on with Pinterest. Pinterest pulls a lot of reposting. And that actually really helped um, because I had so many people find the previous salon I was at and um, show my Pinterest pictures. My, yeah. And, and ask funny. for So I really believe in um, that platform. <laughs> I have never posted off my work I don't think ever on Pinterest yeah that would be okay I mean obviously if there's like, a tip that I we take about, away yeah I mean I've always my focus has always I guess been well I honestly don't focus on it too much I'll be honest <laughs> I'm not the best <laughs> at social media but I have always had like just a hair Instagram really only recently from the last like five years so but I never even really thought about posting on Pinterest. I know that sounds so stupid, but because we don't think about it. But if you yeah, food board, where do you go? Whenever you need uh-huh. it, everything. I always but go to Pinterest. Face I go. I know. Yeah. Wow. So start a new Pinterest page. <laughs> she just like that. Yeah, girls. That was so two thousand. I mean, 
Wow. See, that's how out of it I am. I love it. <laughs> so grateful for this episode right now. <laughs> so speaking of working with brands, uh, what are some things that uh, to look out for when they start reaching out to you? Because recently we've had um, like brands reach out wanting to work with us, mm-hmm. it, whether it be like an ad spot or like on my personal Instagram companies reaching out, like wanting to send products and things like that. What, um, not all relationships are good relationships. So what, uh, red flags have you noticed for someone that is just starting to get an influx of these things happening? Um, well, I honestly, because of like all the hacking that's been going on, I'm really leery about any of the DMs that I get um, offering sponsorship and all that, mm-hmm. especially if it has to do with something that you're not doing, you know? A girl, Your jewelry? <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Jewelry <laughs> or, the, or like, um, you know, exercise, like you know, yoga pants and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I want some really cute free yoga <laughs> pants, but right. I turn, you know, like just no, just go buy them and leave it alone. <laughs> um, usually these, like, even if it is a hair, something to do with hair, they, they are going to want you to post um, a video or a story. They have, you know, different requests. And if it takes out of your time and you don't really need that tool or whatever it is they're giving you, like if it's something that just, you know, um, it's up to you. If you look at it, like you could use it to create content and it's a reputable brand. You just don't want to, here's the thing, like people are realizing that influencers that are just posting things that they're being paid to talk about. And mm. if they're realizing it from even celebrities that they're not really using that and that it doesn't work. And so if you want to have any type of like integrity or, you know, loyalty with your followers and um, credibility, you need to be able to stand behind the product that you talk about and use. Mm. And, you know, I, I don't know if we can talk about brands really on here. How do you feel about that? Um, How's, I'm not going to talk bad about a brand. I okay. just wanted to Netflix. <laughs> can I mention Netflix? Yeah. It's oh, Netflix. Girl, we're not, that, we're not that popular yet. You can mention whatever All you right. want. <laughs> so, yeah. So, I just recently watched. Um, on Netflix, The Truth About Beauty. Have you guys seen that? Oh, oh my God. Oh, my gosh. Erica, it when, is right up your alley. Oh really? My heart was broken when I saw the oh, no. influencers talking about a product that they stood behind as in it made people lose their hair. Okay? Mm. So that, I said, you know what? Thank you that I never took out all of the things that these people have sent me, first of all, and just used them all on people because 
especially with um, hair styling products, you know, back bar, wet styling, we have to be super careful about what we're putting on our clients and telling them to use because, um, yeah. So. Right. That's that's a good point. Yeah. I actually had a friend that during that debacle with the influencer hair product Uh thing that was going on, I was actually what we're talking about. Yeah. (laughs) Um I was actually working in a salon that used that product. And one of the influencers came to the salon to like influence the product. And so we became friends and she was like messaging me about how we're using it in the salon and like, it's making my hair fall out. Please stop using this on your guests. Like, oh no. Well, and then all of the influencers are in a pickle. Yeah. I mean, not to mention the people that have lost their hair. Yeah. Whatever happened, wasn't there a lawsuit with that? Uh, mm-hmm. And what happened? <laughs> they just reformulated um, and they're still going. Oh, reformulated okay. and repackaged, honey. Yeah, with new people and moving on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll see in a few years. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I think it happens, you know, when, like, it happens with things and so with tools, with products. And so I feel like knowing your craft and knowing exactly what it is will set you apart. Uh-huh. You mentioned something about taking your time away. Um, do you specifically block out time to film a content or are you just like, this is what I'm doing, y'all? Um, I do both. Mm-hmm. I do, but to be honest with you, since um, this whole pandemic, it has been so yeah. hard to just do like organic, like this is what I'm doing because we're busy. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's where I was getting to is like, I'm seeing all these influencers post all this content. So, as far as like stories go, stories I can do little techniques parts of techniques i don't have to show a finished product you know a product um stories are kind of easy for me to keep doing Mm -hmm. um and then i could make them into a reel later um but like creating content i totally book off a day and i pre-plan it and i know exactly Mm -hmm. what i'm gonna do and i even know like the the takes i'm gonna do and the background and what they're going to wear and all the things. Yeah. Um, because it's just too, you know. <laughs> right. Well, and what you do with your content, like content content is amazing. Like you do a full transma- transformation from makeup, whether your clients do their makeup or not. Um, like it's like they start with no makeup and then they end with makeup and their hair all done and an outfit change. Uh-huh. So it's, it is like a whole event for you. It's a production. Yes. I've, like yeah. I've tried yeah. to do that, but in the middle of a day, like during my yeah. work week. Yeah. No, it's really, it is actually very exhausting because you're not done when you get off work. 
you know, mm-hmm. you're still at, you're still trying to, you know, um, sometimes I take a few days to finish a project. Things, you know? Yeah. I just like to come back to it. Cause I'm like, Oh, you know, and then I'll see it with like rested eyes and stuff. But, um, yeah. And I try to do two models within my content day. So yeah. I have a lot of, yeah, you do one a week, once a month, once a, how often um, do you do that? I do about two to three a month. Okay. That's I, quite that, a bit. That's the most I do. Sometimes mm. I just do one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, but I get a lot of content out of it. And I'll have them come back for uh, different, you know, within the week or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And what do you recommend for your, the models of that? Are they guests of yours or are they people that yeah. you've reached out to and said, hey, I'll give you a discount or do they pay you full price? If you're not comfortable disclosing that, that's perfectly fine. I can cut that question oh, out. No, that's okay. I know a lot of people do it differently. Um, I actually have a few house models, I call them, that I have been using for probably like eight years and um we've gone from you know long hair to bobs to hair extensions growing the hair back (laughs) we've done everything and i think it's a cool like transition and and moment to like educate you know because people see them i'm actually really proud of it because they still have hair and they've been with me this long you know Yeah. (laughs) yeah Look at her, she does hair, you know, right? <laughs> um, but then they have friends, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, she's actually going to beauty school now, and she will be my assistant. Oh, oh, so close! Like over the past eight years, that she's shown up and been there to model for me for events and my chair, whatever. And so she's going to be my assistant now, and I, I of course, I model, but. She's made friends in beauty school that we're going to, I'm like, oh, yeah, bring them, you know? Yes. <laughs> um, it's really like this word of mouth. I like to keep it with people that I know are going to show up, mm-hmm. you know? Well, there's a, I've and seen a difference like on your profile and other profiles that are doing content like that. Um, I've never seen you post a model call. No. So... That's nope. that. I think that was why I asked that question more so was I've never seen a model call on your page. Yeah. The only time I'll ever do a model call is if I'm traveling, but other yeah. than that, and I don't charge them. I know some people are like, okay, you just have to pay for the product. I don't uh-huh. charge. All that I ask is like, we kind of build a relationship and I let yeah. them know, hey, I'm doing your hair for free. I do ask them what their input is. I'm like, what can we not do? So I know my uh-huh. limits. You know? Mm-hmm. And if I have too many limits, then forget it. But yeah, um, I just asked one of my guy um, models if I could bleach his eyebrows. And then he said, <laughs> I said, okay, at least I know our limitations now, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask. But yeah, Girl, I'll don't... fly out to Vegas. You can bleach my eyebrows. Right. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I um I don't charge them. Um, I just make sure that they know not to go to anybody else during this mm-hmm. time or not be my mo- my hair model because I'm not yeah. doing color now. 
Right. Yeah. It's someone that you already know, like their hair and or they have virgin hair. There is an agreement. There is an agreement. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Well, I think that's that is about... nice to always have people you can choose from when you need a model because that's the worst thing trying to find one. And you're like, what if somebody bails or whatever? <laughs> so if you've got people you can rely on, that's great. I know. Yeah. So we're about out of time for this podcast, and we're going to continue the conversation over onto the afterpod. But before we go, there are two questions that we always ask all of our guests. And the first one is, I want you to think back in your career and what is for you the most memorable moment for you? The moment where you stepped back and looked at your work and you said, wow, I really did that. Um, I mean... <laughs> I honestly think that it had to have been going on the TV show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was very, um, my brother had passed away six months before. And my brother was like a big TV nerd, movie nerd. And I knew that he would be just like so tickled that, yeah. I, you know, and know like we used to come from a small little town in California and like you know I don't know I just really couldn't share it with anybody he was gone my dad had Alzheimer's my mom was super proud of me my family was we were just going through a lot but going through that and looking at it I was like wow yeah that was my best that's awesome I love that so in contrast to that, what is the biggest, like, discovery that you've made in your career? The biggest discovery? Yeah, so, like, when you were at, maybe it was your lowest point in your career that you discovered a way out. Like a, oh, um, you know what, I, there's a lot of things I wanted to try of course, we. All, I don't know. I love hair, and I want to try all the things in it, kind of. Mm-hmm. And so I'm that person. I'll put my hands in everything because I just want to try it. I want to know everything it can do. And um, there was a time where somebody had asked me to do their hair extensions, and I was very new and um, at doing hair. And she had her, like, should have picked me, okay? Let's just be real. Should have picked me. <laughs> she was like, I don't care if it looks choppy. And she oh, was my in, God. She was in beauty school, too. And she was like, just do yeah. it. I don't care. Like, I just need hair. And nobody would do it. So, you know, me, I'm very compassionate. <laughs> I'm like, I'll do it for you. But since you're in beauty school, you're going to know how to style it, right? Like, wear yeah. a hat. Come on, do something, you know? She's like, yes. So I did it. And then she complained about me to the owner of the salon to get her money back. And I was just so, so like I was mad and I was discouraged. And I got the, I got the, I got talked to about like, I can't be doing that. But she made me look bad. Like I was helping her. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. I kind of got like 86 from doing hair extensions at that point. Oh. And um, I came back, came back real good. Oh, yeah, girl. And a lot of people from, you know, their hair catastrophes since then. And I think that's why. Because yeah. you you allowed yourself to have that moment and mess up. Yeah. It was a learning moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for the last segment on the show, uh, we do something called iced tea. And that is because Erica and I, uh, we love pop culture, but we don't quite have our thumb on it. So by the time we get to the hot tea, it's already gone gone cold. <laughs> But, well, and it's real cold for me because I didn't even know what was going on, what the subject was, because I just returned to reality at four uh, a.m. Yeah. Last night. <laughs> so, um, what we wanted to talk about today is the flooding in Las Vegas, and my first question is: Are you okay? <laughs> is your family all safe? And yeah, what's it's going so, on? It's not- I just sound like a big baby and whenever yeah. I travel or, or even talk about it, cause I'm not kidding you. If it rains here, I'll be like, I got to cancel my appointment because I don't know how I'm going to get home. <laughs> <laughs> like you would think there was a tornado or something, but oh no, my God. rain. But what it is is because it's so hot and dry here. The streets yeah. are dusty and oily and they never, ever, ever get clean. Uh, so rain, it's just you know, and people don't know how to drive. Like uh, I know we support, but people who don't know how to drive here, it's like a melting pot of everyone from everywhere. <laughs> and um, it rains so fast that streets flood. And so literally, like if it rains, you just have to pull over and wait it out because it usually will be gone in about ten to fifteen minutes. They're monsoons. Oh, oh dang. Yeah, and it could be raining like two blocks away hard and nothing here, and you just drive into it. It's like a shower. That's so wild. So we've had continuous rain just in the evening for like yeah. the past four or five nights with like all the lightning and everything, and um, I just don't go out. <laughs> I can't even Uber Eats. I can't even have Uber Eats come because they had to call me and tell me they're canceling everything for the night because it was the rain. Flooded. Oh, well, I just saw on Facebook, I think, <laughs> where the Planet Hollywood had water coming through the ceiling and like, yeah, it was wild. Wow. Like, like it floods and then it goes away and then everyone just cleans up and that's it. But I don't understand how, like, Planet Hollywood had water coming through the ceiling and then everyone's just like, you know, still working and yeah that's what i that's what i'm thinking i'm like is this not as big of a deal as i think how much water was it like was it did you see a video like a fountain like a a whole water stack to drop fountain yeah really she's like yeah it's okay (laughs) (laughs) well into like I know that that happened on the Strip, and I recently found out that Vegas is not just the Strip. So, how far away are you from the Vegas Strip? I'm actually, I want to say, like, a seven-minute drive from the Strip. I'm pretty close. And Uh, it helps me 
it helps me like when I do freelance work, I just hop on over, get up into yeah. the, you know, it's a lot easier for me. But most of the locals do not like being around the strip. Um, mm-hmm. Don't want to buy it and hardly ever go down there. Yeah. It's just, it's huge. It is so huge. Like the buildings, they look, they are massive inside. They have floors underground. They have mansions in them. They have, it's huge. Yeah. The amount of people that are there <laughs> is incredible. I loved the, the hotels in Vegas are outrageous. Yeah. 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 I can imagine though living in is crazy. Like you wouldn't want to be around it all the time. Yeah. That's like how I felt about Nashville Broadway, where I yeah. was like, this is insane. This is not <laughs> at all what I thought it was going to be. Like, you know what I mean? It's madness. I would never want to live around that. <laughs> you but get used it does to make it, though. For you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For you to, like, be close to the casino, like, a little dip over, that's so easy and convenient. Yeah. Yeah. Well, y'all, that was it for this episode. If you want to follow us on our social media journeys, I am at HairXHunter across all the platforms. Erica is at Erica the Redhead across all platforms. And our <laughs> podcast is Break Room Banter Pod across po- all platforms. Miss Cheetah, what is your social media handles? Um, it's Cheetah Bisto. It's C-H-I-T-A. And then my last name is very hard to spell. You won't remember it, but I'll just say it. B-E-S-E-A-U. I remembered it by doing three letters at a time as well. <laughs> I said B E S E A U. And that is how I for- will forever spell your name. <laughs> well, Anytime he writes it, that's what's happening in his head. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If you ever read me, type it. <laughs> well, anyway, until next week, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye.